Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schapp. This week, ESPN is celebrating the 48th anniversary of the passage of Title IX. And we're talking about the ways in which it has made progress possible in women's sports. Our next guest is a professional poker player, a New York Times bestselling author. She's a contributor as well to The New Yorker. She has a PhD in psychology. Her newest book is The Biggest Bluff, How I Learned to Pay Attention, Master Myself, and Win. And we welcome to the show Maria Konnikova. Maria, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. Why poker? Isn't that the question for the ages? I, which is, it's a very good one because I never played poker in my life. I'm not someone who had any interest in the game whatsoever. And I actually came to it because I became really fascinated by the role of luck in our lives and learning to tell the difference between what's skill and what's chance. What do we actually control? And then how much of it is actually getting lucky? You know, how much of any of the outcomes we have in our lives are us? Versus just, hey, you lucked out. This is great. And enjoy it, but you don't have anything to do with it. And poker, um, as I learned from John von Neumann, who is the father of game theory, poker is actually a really good way to answer this question. So von Neumann was a poker player, and game theory was actually based on poker. He said that poker was the perfect analogy for this kind of strategic decision-making in life because poker is a game of incomplete information. So there's what I know, there's what you know, there's what we know in common, and we have to try to figure out, okay, how do I make the best decision I can, knowing I don't know everything, and knowing that I can't control the cards, knowing that I don't know what's going to come, but I have to decide anyway, and that my decision might be right, but I still might get punished for it because the cards might not go my way this time. But if I get my money in as a 70% favorite, that's wonderful, and I should do it over and over and over. And on the flip side, what if I make the wrong decision and I luck out and something wonderful happens? Well, that doesn't mean I should make this decision again. It means that I need to reconsider. I just got really, really lucky. Poker allows you to actually tell the difference and to start figuring out what do I control, what don't I control. And so I wanted to learn how to play the game. And I decided, you know what, let me start from scratch. Let me get someone to coach me because I think coaches are incredibly important whenever you're learning something new and want to enter a new field. And let me see what I can do. Let me spend some time in this world. And of course, I had no idea that I'd become good. I had no idea that I'd actually become a professional poker player. That was all in the future. We're speaking with Maria Konnikova, the professional poker player, PhD. Her newest book is The Biggest Bluff, How I Learned to Pay Attention, Master Myself, and Win. Now, I'm loath to admit this because I think my father, although he never quite admitted it to me, I think he paid his way through college playing poker you'd think it'd be something you'd be proud of but um it was a different world you know 30 years ago but i don't even know how to play i have no idea i'm in the same position you were in when you decided not only to learn but of course to master it because you are overachiever is not the right word you're an achiever um how hard is it as an adult to pick up the game for the first time 
You know, I was incredibly fortunate that one of the best players in the world, Eric Seidel, um, agreed to mentor me and to help me through this process. And he introduced me to some of the best minds in the poker world, and they helped me along. And I think that poker is a really complicated game that can get very difficult very quickly. But I do think that anyone can learn it um, to some extent if you take it seriously. It's, it's like anything. It's like um, any endeavor. It's like any sport because I actually, you know, people might argue with me on this, but I do think that poker has a lot of elements of sport. The competition, it's physically exhausting. You have to be in good shape to do well. Um, you have to eat well, all of these things. You burn tons of calories when you play, by the way, because it's just such concentration. But, but that aside, I think that I think that if you work hard, if you apply yourself, um, you can definitely gain some degree of proficiency in it. You don't need an advanced math degree. Um, the last time I took a math class was in high school. You don't need, you know, any sort of specialized knowledge because a lot of it is just understanding basic math and understanding people and learning to pay attention, learning to really be in tune with the people around you. Um, I think it's wonderful that your dad paid his way through college playing poker. A lot of presidents played poker. Richard Nixon paid for his first presidential campaign from poker winning. Well, we see what happened, though. He lost to Kennedy. It probably wasn't <laughs> the, best way, the best way to go about it. Um, we're speaking with Maria Konnikova. And, um, you know, I, I did, you know, I'm just trying to impress you with the very limited poker credentials I have. I did once work on a story about a legendary poker player, Dewey Tomko, and um and I got to know Doyle Brunson. I guess they're considered two of the great poker players of all time. But I was doing a story about uh how they played high stakes golf and this um this life, this crazy life those guys would lead where they're playing poker all night long and then they play high stakes golf all day long. I mean two hundred thousand dollars a hole. The people who are who are at that level the all-time legends, what is it that compels them um, to take those kinds of risks? What is it that draws them to the game? I think that there are two things. I think the people who are just these legends who manage to last in the game for a long time, they're playing it for reasons that are actually separate from financial gain. They love the game. They love the challenge of the game. They love what it gives them. They love playing people and winning. They love the strategy. They love how the game evolves. They're actually passionate about it. And that allows them to evolve with the game as opposed to letting the game pass them by. Because people who are just motivated by money and think, oh, poker's a great way to make some cash, you know, let, let's play, um, they actually don't necessarily uh, become the best decision makers because you're motivation is extrinsic as opposed to intrinsic. So you're not necessarily motivated to improve as much. And when the game passes you by, you might say, oh, you know, well, I just got unlucky. I keep getting unlucky. And then you go broke before you realize that, no, actually, you're just getting bad. You're getting old. You're getting slow. But I think that the things that um, the Doyle Brunsons of the world also have, which uh, also enables them to play golf for insane amounts of money, is they do have this little yen for, for gambling. Um, there's such a thing, and a lot of times with the golf, um, this is actually what was happening. There's a thing that a lot of poker players engage in called the prop bet, 
which is the proposition bet. So it's a bet on a proposition. So I bet you $10,000 you can't make this hole in one, for instance. Um, and you say, well, you know, I'll, I'll take that bet. And there are people who were famous for making just these crazy prop bets. Um, you know, I can uh, play tennis against a champion and win if I get to choose the rackets. This is a famous one. Um, and the rackets of choice were actually um, skillets, cast iron skillets. Um, and the guy had been practicing for a year to be able to do this, and he beat the champ- tennis champion. Um, so, so I think that there's also... For, for the for the Doyles of the world, there's also that. There's also kind of this this love of uh, of kind of the gamble um, of you know, can I pull one over on you? Can I do this? Can I challenge myself to do this and win? There has to be an element of um, involuntary compulsion. I guess that's redundant, but compulsion anyway uh, involved. We're speaking with Maria Konnikova about her new book, The Biggest Bluff: How I Learned to Pay Attention, Master Myself, and Win. And perhaps one of the um, one of the most frequently co- quoted famous lines in sports, undying line, um, the great baseball mastermind uh, created the minor league system as we know it, um, signed Jackie Robinson, breaking the color line in baseball in 1946-1947. Branch Rickey, of course, said, luck is the residue of design as an expert on luck and chance. What do you think about that? Is luck merely the residue of design? No, I actually disagree with that. Um, I think it's very similar to the quote that also gets bandied about everywhere. You make your own luck. I don't think that's luck. Um, I think that you can design and plan and make opportunities, put yourself in good spots. But ultimately, you have to realize that there are also things that are just totally beyond you. And you just might be someone who's a luck box, which is a wonderful term that I learned in poker. Um, And you just totally lucked out and it has nothing to do with you. And someone who worked just as hard, put in just as much effort, put themselves in similar situations, didn't get lucky because, you know, that day, the person who was hiring for the specific job was feeling a little bit off and was in a cranky mood because they'd skipped their breakfast and there went this person's opportunity. So I think we do need to distinguish between, you know, being prepared and having good designs, which is all well and good, which we should do. We should work hard. We should try to put ourselves in the way of opportunities. We should have a positive mindset that enables us to take advantage of luck when it comes our way. But the luck has to come our way. And and I think this is also crucial. It can't go against us. I mean, what happens if you're the best baseball player in the world, you just got recruited, um, and then as you're walking to the stadium, you get hit by a car and break your arm? Well, um, does that suddenly make you a worse baseball player? No, but you can't play anymore. And what if that was the start of your career and your career just never happens because of that? Your arm never sets properly. So that's just bad luck, right? And so I think it's actually more, when you look at the bad part of it, when you put bad in front of luck, you see how crazy it is to say that luck is just design or luck is just, you know, preparation and opportunity, or you make your own luck. Because nobody would say that about bad luck, but it's the same thing. It's just the flip side of the coin. Maria, if if luck really does play such an important role, not only in poker, of course, but in life and everything that we do, how do we even get ourselves out of bed in the morning? When, when we have so little control over, over everything. Yeah, that is such a great question. And that's actually the, you, you couldn't have known this, but this is the reason why my book is called The Biggest Bluff. 
because the biggest bluff that the way I see it isn't a bluff that I made in poker at the table. It's a bluff that we all have to make every single day of our lives. And that's the bluff of telling ourselves that we're more in control than we actually are. It's a necessary bluff. We have to do it. I think on one level, we have to realize, yes, luck is important. Luck matters. And luck is a factor in basically everything. And there's no avoiding that. And you want to be lucky. That's that's a really important thing. And that's not something you control. And yet, knowing that, you then need to make this big bluff and say, what I do still matters and all of my choices still matter. And at the end of the day, I can actually take more control um, in everything that I do than would be warranted if I just had this very fatalistic attitude. Because I don't think that we need to be fatalistic. I do think that what we do matter, that our actions matter, that our attitude matters, that how we frame things, how we frame events, how we emotionally respond to things all of that matters because it makes us very different people. It makes us people who will react very differently to good luck and bad luck. You know, some people, when they get a spell of bad luck, that's it. You know, they're, they're out, they're done um, because they can't ever recover from it. Other people take it as an opportunity to learn. They're more resilient. They frame it in a much more positive way. And I think that that's what we need to strive to do, to take advantage of the good luck when it comes our way and really do the most that we can when we're lucky. And then when we're unlucky, to just try our best to move, move forward and put ourselves in a place where we're ready for the next time our life changes. More than a strategy for poker, but uh, an outlook on life. Maria Konnikova's new book is The Biggest Bluff, How I Learned to Pay Attention, Master Myself, and Win. Maria, thank you so much. It's been fascinating. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It's been a pleasure. I'm Jeremy Schapp. And you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.